We are scouting the mock drafts once again on this episode of Locked On 49ers in preparation for the 2023 NFL Draft. Did Dane Brugler of The Athletic nail some of the 49ers selections coming up on today's Locked On 49ers? You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. That makes Eric Crocker dance if you're watching this on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NFL60 and use code NFL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Okay, Croc, we got more prospects to dive into and uh, a little teaser for later in this podcast because I think you uncovered a super sleeper for the San Francisco 49ers as only Eric Crocker, the DB specialist, can do. But we're going to And start- I did it on accident too. Did it on accident. It that wasn't a guy I was looking for. Happened. Yeah. That's when the best things happen. You go uh you go to watch who was the who was the prospect? I can't remember who it was. They they went to go watch uh I think his name was Garrett Cross, which was a tight end out of Butte College. Cal did and they saw Aaron Rodgers. Oh wow. Or they went to see Aaron Rodgers and they saw Garrett Cross and, and brought him over to the tight end. I can't remember how. Oh, okay. I think they actually went to see Aaron Rodgers and found Aaron, uh, Garrett Cross <laughs> and brought him along. I think there's a similar story with Dwight Clark, too, back in the day. Like, he wasn't the guy they went to look at. He was the receiver catching passes for a quarterback. And uh, and they found him that way. So, fun accidents can happen. And uh, dudes are ballers, and that's why they're playing D1 football. So, uh, we're going to get to the defensive backs portion, specifically the duo at Purdue momentarily but first i want to start with the first pick in dane brugler's seven round mock draft he always puts out the beast every year he's become one of my favorite analysts as it pertains to the nfl draft he does a great job so much great information in the beast every single year his first selection for the 49ers at pick 99 in his seven round mock draft was byron young who is an edge rusher out of tennessee and croc i know you haven't had a chance to watch him you've been kind of diving deep into the corners and I've been watching some of the other prospects and sometimes we cross paths and both watch uh, a prospect, but uh, I want to explain a little bit about this prospect to you, Byron young out of Tennessee. And I have a feeling he's someone that you are going to like, first of all, he's athletic. He's six, two and three eights, 250 pounds, four, four flat crock in the 40 yard dash. This is an edge prospect, 4'4 flat, 32 and a half inch arms. So not the biggest prospect, a little bit older prospect. He's 25 years old, Um, but he is super athletic and explosive. And it showed up on the track when he was working out and it shows up on tape, but he is undersized. And there are some problems with that. And there's a reason why he's going to go in the third round and not the first round, even though he runs 4'4 at 250 pounds. So length is is somewhat of a problem for him. And and there's nothing he's going to be able to do about that. He's not going to get taller and his arms aren't going to get longer. But he might get better, and and this is why. This is the path. And, uh, Croc, you've talked before about your path to being a pro football player and, you know, arena bowl champion, and now with me here at the pinnacle of your career on Locked On 49ers. But uh, it started out weird for you, right? You went a lot of different directions and different colleges, and and that's how it was for Byron Young. He started out in 2017. He went to Gulf Coast Mm -hmm. Sports Academy, which is now a defunct program, and I think it went defunct after his first year there. He needed to get his grades up to go play D1 football. Um, and then Essentially probably a prep school. 
That's what that yeah, it's, was. It's, it's a prep school thing. Right. Exactly. And then uh, and then that kind of program went defunct. And then he was just out of football in 2018. He was working at a dollar store, I think. And oh, wow. then in 2019, he, you know what? He, he, he found that love again and, and wanted to go play ball. So he went to Georgia Military College for two years, 2019 and 2020. Then he transferred to Tennessee, um, which this and by the way, the second season at that Georgia Military College, I mean, he had really bad luck in this path to the pros. Uh, there was the COVID season, so it was canceled. So, you know, he practiced, but they didn't even play that season at Georgia Military College. So, But, but Tennessee still took him. Tennessee still took him probably because he's six, two and ran four, four. Right. Uh, and I don't know how, how much he weighed at this point in time, but uh, so he ends up at Tennessee in 2021 finally, and has five and a half sacks led the team in tackles for loss uh, with 11 and a half. And then in 2022, he had seven more sacks last season uh, and 12 tackles for loss again, led the team in sacks and he was first team all sec. So I just thought it was a really cool path that he took and, and multiple pitfalls and, and came through all of it and, um, and clearly had enough passion for the game to, to fight through all of that and make himself into a player at Tennessee. That is definitely an older prospect. And yeah. between him and the quarterback, uh, Hooker, right. both of those guys, oh, yeah. I think like 25 years Hooker's old. even older. Hooker's 26. Oh. So Trey, so <laughs> this is what I talked about with Trey Lance. And if, you know, a team say late first round, early second round, which is where Hendon Hooker's rumored to go, why a team would rather call the 49ers and offer that pick for Trey Lance. You get more years of team rookie contract control for Hendon Hooker, but Trey Lance is a better prospect coming out, better prospect right now. Trey Lance could go back to college, play three seasons, and still be younger than Hendon Hooker. <laughs> Trey's still only 22. Hendon Hooker's going to be 26 as a rookie. And not coming off of a torn ACL. Not coming off of an ankle injury, yes, but not an ACL. Ankle better than ACL, right. And he's been coached up in a pro offense where uh, you know they were running something very different at, at Tennessee for Hendon Hooker. But still a good prospect. Um but back to Byron Young, super athletic. But the, and after he went to the combine and blew it up, six two and three quarters, uh, six two and a half at his pro day. So depending on how you they measure, it's funny how the measurements are different at the combine and pro day, even though that's something that's not going to change. But essentially, six two and a half, two fifty, uh, thirty two and a half inch arms, which is not long for an edge rusher. But the four four flat forty, thirty eight vertical, eleven foot broad jump, um, pretty good. You know, seven point one nine three cone isn't amazing. Uh, especially for a super athletic player, but it's it's not terrible for an edge rusher either. Um, pretty good time, but you do see him sort of mit- lose his footing. You you see the athletic immediate uh, the athleticism immediately when you see him run and take off. He can chase people down. Um, he's explosive out of his stance, but he kind of tries to turn the corner with that speed, and he can get to the edge, but sometimes his feet kind of slip out. So I'm you know maybe maybe needs to work on that ankle flexibility and, and get a little better with that bend coming around the edge. And I watched the game with uh, with him versus Alabama and Tyler Steen's a tackle prospect we call, we talked about who also has shorter arms for a tackle, and he wasn't able to you know outreach steen with his pass rushes even though i did see steen get out reached in that game and saw some of his length problems which is why he might be a guard in the nfl but overall pretty good prospect for the third round with his athleticism and and even though he's an older prospect at 25 i think there might be some um still some upside and some development to happen for him in the pro level so immediately once you started kind of saying his measurables six two almost six foot three uh you know 250 ran really fast a certain edge rusher came to mind a specific guy that not only played for Kansas City Chiefs but also the 49ers and he goes by the name of D Ford so I looked up D Ford's numbers and 
Very similar. Uh, some of them. 6'2", 252-pound edge rusher. Not the biggest little guy. Sub 33-inch arm uh, mm. arm length. Right now, he's closer to 33 than uh, the, the the guy we're talking about, Byron. But 32 and 7 eighths. So, you know, almost. almost. 33. Right. Now, 40-yard dash, Byron got him. Uh, bench press. I'm, I'm not sure if you said what his bench press ratio is, but uh, it was 22 reps on the bench. Okay, so he's not as strong as D Ford, and I wonder if that's something that might make somewhat of a difference in the sense of just like just pure just strength, right? Especially mm-hmm. for someone being uh, that light. But overall, I mean, you know, you, you're taking this guy, and he's projected to go third round, maybe fourth round, and you have three picks. I think this is the type of guy that you kind of take a chance on that just has super high upside in the sense of just being a speed rusher. And I think that's kind of what 49ers are missing. A lot of what we've talked about with the 49ers and their edge rushers, big guys. Kind of, they could fit probably a 3-4 in, but also play 4-3 in if need be. They're probably a little bit more stout uh, versus the run than the guy that's going to be really speedy and bend that corner. And even with Drake Jackson, there's been a lot of reshaping going on with his body from his USC days to even, you know, now with the 49ers trying to figure out how exactly we're going to use him, but we want him to be stronger, but he's going to be a speed rusher. So you look at a guy like Byron, it's just like, well, you are a speed rusher. We just want to draft you. You don't have to be in there on running downs. As with like D4, D4 didn't have to be in there on rushing, running downs, but when we want you to get back there and pin your ears back and, and get to the quarterback, we need somebody with that type of speed, and especially if he has some bend uh, to do that. So I think that's someone that could be valuable, especially that late in the third round. Yeah, and so where does he fall in in the in the, if we're using X forty ers as the comparisons here? Where does he fall in the range of D Ford and you remember Eli Harold, right? Who could not turn the corner at all. It was a pretty athletic guy. I think Eli Harold might've been a little bigger, stronger and, and better against the run, but sort of stand up yeah. rusher types. And Eli Harold could never get to the quarterback. Uh, I think young can get to the quarterback just because he's really athletic, especially in the 49er scheme. They can create some looks where he's looping under and, and he doesn't have to beat necessarily long tackles one-on-one. He can come off the wide nine way wide and, and for sure early in his career, he'll be a situational rusher, but if he's a good situational rusher and can do what Samson Abelcom did five, seven sacks, this is what he did in, in at Tennessee. Um, I mean, that's good production for a third round player, even if, you, even if he's only a rotational guy like that. And who knows, maybe there's a little more, but he's not going to be good at the run game early in his career. And uh, how much he can develop the pass rush moves will be key if he can unlock that athleticism and, and really become a player. But uh, it's worth the swing, I think, for the 49ers late in that third round area if he's still there for them. What's the edge rusher's name that he was drafted by Denver Broncos? It, it didn't quite work out. It was almost like they couldn't figure out where to put him. Then he went to Tampa Bay and just had a bunch of sacks. Yes. Yeah. Shorter, like 6'2". Um, that was, oh gosh. That no, was. I can't think of his name either. Shaq. 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 Barrett. Uh, Shaq Barrett? Yeah. There we go. Coming out, he wasn't a guy that was just like, oh man, like he's just this all around player, but then he just kind of. Ended up going crazy in the NFL. So he's actually 6'1", 260 pounds. I want to talk about Bill Parr. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about that. Some more of the prospects in Brugler's seven-round mock draft and the sleeper cornerback that Eric Crocker unearthed that could be a real nice fit for the San Francisco 49ers. Next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And at Built Bar, something exciting is coming at Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet. It is a, a very... 
locked up situation. It is a secret situation, but the excitement is real. We've been arguing about it in the locked on DMs. What flavor is coming? Is it a new bar? What is going to happen here? It sounds like there's going to be some some big reveal at Built.com, something you don't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars, high in protein, low in calorie, low in sugar. They're healthy and they are delicious. And they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantities. So mark your calendars and head to built.com this Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is. Make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com and you'll get 15% off your order. Another super athletic prospect, Croc, that has uh, even more length. In fact, this is a cornerback that's taller and longer than Byron Young, and that is Corey Trice out of Purdue, which is the second pick for the 49ers here in, in Dame Brugler's mock draft. We're not going to get in-depth with every pick here, but just uh, we're going to point out a few of them. What did you see on tape from Corey Trice at Purdue? Uh, I have some ideas, but I want to hear your expert opinion first. All right, so a couple of things that jumped out to me right away was clearly he's more of a boundary corner, and that was how they played him. It's not a guy that they wanted to play to the field where you know you get to see a lot of you know off coverage, uh, concepts play out. That wasn't what they were interested with him, and in, or at least how they wanted to utilize him. They wanted to put him at the line of scrimmage to the boundary, not a whole lot of space. Use your physicality, and I thought he used the physicality at the line of scrimmage. He was really patient, and I thought he also used the physicality in the run game and, and run support. So, um, one of my notes here is, where is it at? Will get dirty, and all that means is. He's not afraid at all to throw his body around, whether there's a group of people. Because one thing with cornerbacks, and I might be guilty of this as well, you'll try to find the angle to where you don't have to take on the brunt of the contact. And he didn't care about any of that. He was just going to fly in there and try to make, make tackles. Now, how well can he just purely cover? I think that's something I'm still trying to figure out. And a couple, especially one of the games uh, I was watching, he, he knocked himself out of the game. And then that was how I ended up seeing another guy uh, that I ended up kind of liking. But, yeah, not not a whole lot to really go off of with Trice from, from the games I watched. He, he, it's interesting. And I, I felt similar about his his coverability. You know, you, you like him in press. Uh, I don't know if he's loose enough athletically, but the, the testing numbers were great. It would make you think he could be someone who could uh, maybe even be a little bit more like Charvarius Ward in, in a longer corner that, that could – Button guys, button guys down pretty well in man coverage and play in zone as well. Um, but I, I could see teams running the cover three. I could see the Seattle Seahawks liking him a lot. He's got that length. He's six three. He's over six three. Six three and three eighths. Two hundred six pounds. Uh, Thirty two and three eighths inch arms. So nice length there. He ran a four four seven at the combine. But here's what really stood out to me. He had a thirty five and a half inch vertical. Eleven foot broad jump. Um, here's what stood out to me though. He didn't yeah, do his agilities cool. at the combine. At his pro day, he ran a four oh six short shuttle and a 6703 cone which are both blazing. That's really good, especially for a guy with so much size. And uh my question for you Croc was would do you see a player that you would want to try at corner first, maybe move straight to safety because he did play safety early in his career. He's recruited as a safety, redshirted and then after a sophomore year he he uh went from safety to cornerback. And I liked him at corner, but 
I almost see, I, I see, because there's so few free safeties in this class. He might be a guy that has that range, has some athleticism to come down and cover tight ends, and it could come down and, and do some of those things, but has some range that could play in the deep middle of the field and is is not afraid to tackle and has some experience playing safety. So he's an interesting player where you could try him at corner, and if you don't like him, move him to safety or just play him at safety right away or just play him fully at corner. And the question is, is he worth a third round pick? Did you see enough upside there? Do you see enough that you like that you would, and you you would think that it's a good pick for the 49ers in round three? Well, you talked about him potentially playing safety. And one thing that you left off, and it's kind of hard to tell, especially when you have a guy that's aggressive and plays so you know close to the line of scrimmage most of the time is how smart is he on the field? Because safeties like that, that's the big part. I remember the New York Jets during my workout, they asked me, can you play safety? And I literally, for someone who is, you know, technically a bigger corner, I had never in my life lined up at safety. And I said, hey, whatever y'all need me to do, I will do it, right? And this is before they signed me. Well, once we report it and you start going over the playbook, I'm looking at, like, the safety is literally the quarterback of the defense. They have to get everybody set, the, the, the strengths. And then, I mean, there was just so much. And I'm like, there's no way. Leave me on the outside where I have a few different coverages, a few different adjustments. Cool. The safety literally has to know what everybody's doing at every level. Uh, they have so much more responsibility. They're blitzing. They're, you know, disguising. They're doing all these different things, rolling. Got to understand, okay, you got the, the safety to this side to do this, or the, uh, excuse me, the tight end. I said, okay, no way. So that's one thing you have to know with him where, okay, he has the athletic profile. Can he make that switch to safety from a mental standpoint? And we have seen guys do that. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, did he even play cornerback at all in the NFL? Maybe early on he was drafted to kind of play corner, but they made that switch to safety almost immediately. So that's a guy he can kind of take after Malcolm Jenkins with doing something like that as quick. We've seen guys get older and then our, you know, Champ Bailey, go play safety. Charles Woodson, go play safety. Charles Woodson had a lot of gas still in the tank. But we've seen that. Rod Woodson, go play safety. But rarely do you see a guy do it right away and – uh, Malcolm Jenkins was a guy who did it right away and excelled and played a lot of years in the NFL. And then you, you, the question would be, why did they, he was already at safety. Why did they move him from safety to corner? Was he not good with the mental stuff? And there's like, all right, you're an athlete, go play corner. Right. So interesting question there. Uh, just as a straight up corner, how much did you like Trice? I, I mean, I liked him. I didn't see anything that I did not like. Like, you know, a lot of times I'll see it. Like well, the more I watched uh, the kid, out of what South Carolina number two? Yeah, Rush. Yeah, Rush. He, he didn't like Rush. The more I watched him, I'm like, eh, there's a lot, you know that that he's kind of leaving on the bone there from a movement skill standpoint. But with Trice, I didn't quite have those type of issues. So again, in in this round, especially corners, if if he had everything, he wouldn't be a third round pick. Right, right. you six three, run four four seven, but those agilities make me think that yeah, he has a chance to stick a corner, and you know, and if it doesn't work out, maybe he's got a chance of safety as well. So I do like Trice. I think that late third round area is probably about right for him. And 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 think about it like this, especially with that type of length, a killer Witherspoon with more natural uh, physicality. Yeah, that's exactly. Witherspoon tested very well. He actually moved very well. He had really good feet. You know, his biggest issue was you know just the the. How dirty do I really want to get? I don't remember what Weatherspoon weighed. I remember him being tall and long, but two hundred. Was it two hundred pounds? Uh, one one ninety eight to two hundred pounds. Like oh, you could see. I would have guessed he was some you see one ninety eight. Some you see two hundred. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he was built. Some people, and I've been one of those people where I can be two hundred pounds and I don't quite 
look 200 from like, I guess kind of now I do, but when I was younger, I still looked thin. I think mm -hmm. Keller Williams pool is kind of built like that. Where I see some of my buddies, they'll be the same weight, but they're all just all hub and swollen. I'm like, bro, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, all right. Next Crocs sleeper that he found accidentally while watching Trice. What about Trice's teammate? How about bringing them both into the San Francisco 49ers organization? Sleeper time next. And some more notes on Dane Brugler's seven-round 49ers mock draft. Next. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. And I've got something special for the everydayers. The Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special has been released. It's here and bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first picks in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. Myself and Matt Williamson have been hosting this for years and uh, had a great time doing it this year. And We had a third edition Keith Sanchez of Locked On NFL Draft joining the anchor desk as well with Matt Williamson and myself. You can find all the episodes available now on the uh, Locked On NFL Draft YouTube, on Locked On NFL YouTube, but more importantly, and you should already be subscribed to the brand new Peacock and Williamson NFL Show YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that now or go check out the audio feed of Peacock and Williamson. You can find all the episodes of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special for 2023 including episode six, which features my guy, Eric Crocker, making the pick for the San Francisco 49ers. So check out the mock draft special at Peacock and Williamson and make sure you're subscribed up there. So while you were watching Trice, another player, Croc, caught your eye, right? In that, uh, in that Purdue defensive backfield. So tell me about this prospect, and then I'm going to drop the testing numbers on you. Yeah, okay, so I don't know anything about the testing numbers or his height. I just know he looked smaller. So I'm aware of that. Uh, his name is Reese Taylor. I thought he was physical. I thought he had good feet. The change of direction was really there. And immediately I'm watching him and he, and he comes in for Trice. And I'm like, okay, he, he's a little on the smaller side, but man, there's a lot to like there. He just feels like a nickel corner, a guy that plays in the slot. Uh, I, I like, and I actually posted a clip of him playing through the hands with just, just a great arm bar, spiking that ball out of there. And you saw the physicality, and there were a few other times I saw him do some really good things in the red zone. And I was watching one corner, I want to say, Asante Samuel. At some point at Florida State, he was, he was an outside corner, but then they would either take him off the field in the red zone or kind of move him around. And then, and then you watch some other games, and you see him in there all the time. But anyways, Taylor played in the red zone for a guy who did not look big on film, and I thought he held his own and, and showed really good uh, technique and, again, a lot of ability. So – I, I ended up, you know, I was watching Trice. Trice went out, and I just didn't know where he went because I'm watching all 22, and there's no one to tell me that this guy had an injury. But then Taylor came in. I thought he looked good. I found another game with him playing uh, outside at cornerback, and I thought I saw a lot of the same things. Quick-footed, good change of direction, um, you know, not out of position, didn't see his size be that much of an issue out there. And here's a guy I just kind of took note of and said, hey, you know, this is – Someone I probably should pay attention to, but I always tell you, I don't look at the numbers most of the time, especially on guys we're, we're, we're watching. I kind of just want the film to tell me who this guy is, but let me know some of the numbers so that I can try to figure out what his upside might be. Yeah, so you pretty much nailed it from a testing standpoint, and, and he's so far down the list in the rankings here. I'm looking at Dame Brugler's beast right now. He's ranked 54th as cornerbacks in this class, so we're talking you know, if undrafted free agent territory here. 
Reese Taylor from Purdue, 5'9 188. He ran a 4-4-5-40, so all good there. And, and the size, he's you know, more of a nickel-sized corner, but it's not prohibitive to playing in the NFL at 5'9 100. Reminds me of Aaron Berry. Uh, Aaron Berry was, was, came into the NFL, was good with Detroit Lions, got in a big issue with like a DUI. Uh, he ended up being with the Jets. I was on the Jets with Aaron Berry where he tore his ACL in training camp. But uh, I just remember how feisty and how physical he was, and he wasn't the biggest of guys. He was about 5'9", 188 pounds. And you said he had a nice change of direction too, right? Well, first of all, his his explosive numbers, 38 and a half inch vertical, nice. 10-4 broad jump, which is good, 12 reps uh, in, in the bench press, which is solid for a smaller guy. Yeah, I could do more than that, quarter. but yeah. It's good. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> of course, Croc can. Uh, but how about, that, how about this, the agilities? Uh, short shuttle, 4.07 and three cone, 6.63, which are both ridiculous times. And I think both of those are the fastest out of any of the DBs I'm seeing right now. Wow. That's the type of guy I take a flyer on. Mm -hmm. How many picks do the 49ers have in the sixth and seventh round? I think they have four seventh rounders. And of course, an unlimited amount of undrafted free agent slots. Uh, you know, those are the guys I feel like he's had to work so hard, you know, and everybody's probably kind of put him on the back burner because he's not the biggest of guys. He's trying to figure out where he fits in. It's like, well, can I play over this guy that's six foot three, two hundred seven pounds with yeah, literally in the shadow of Trice. <laughs> right, and whoever else they had. So he kind of had to wait his turn. But when he came in again, I thought he took advantage of the opportunity. And then you hear those type of testing numbers, and well, watch him be a guy that just comes in and he's got kind of kind of hangs around the NFL for a little bit. Looking at some more prospects here from the uh, the seven-round mock draft from Dan Brugler of The Athletic. Uh, he had the third third-round pick was Marte Mapu, uh, a linebacker slash safety out of Sac State. And Brugler's higher or as high on Marte Mapu as anybody out of Sac State. I have – I like Marte Mapu. I think he's more fifth-round range for the 49ers than third-round range for the 49ers just because he's his, his resume. Um, I don't think it fits. First of all, he's kind of a tweener. He's 6'3", 220 pounds. So he's kind of, they played a lot of safety, kind of the overhang. Very, He was sort of like the the, the Kirkland brand uh, Fred Warner with the way he was used in college, right? Kind of overhang safety type of stuff, bigger safety. And he has a lot of similarities to Fred Warner, the way he plays and his athleticism, but there's no testing numbers. So when you go to, like Fred Warner was a third round pick and he went to BYU and, and had great testing numbers, right? right so right. Marty Mapu was a, was a last minute call to the senior bowl, which helped him. And he's really good at the senior bowl. And I think a lot of people do like him. And you hear Jim Nagy, he talks up all the senior bowl guys, but he was talking about Mapu as the highest drafted guy who didn't get invited to the combine. But Mapu didn't get invited to the combine. So he didn't get to meet with teams there. The 49ers did bring him in to meet him. That might be just because their scouting report was incomplete, but it might be because they really love him. But you went to Sac State, so he's smaller school guy. He's a tweener. Uh, didn't get it. Didn't go to the combine, and then he tore his pec, and so he hasn't been able to work out at all. So there's no testing numbers. So you have an undersized guy from a small school with no testing numbers. I don't see how that adds up to a player being drafted at you know uh, at, at two positions, whether it's linebacker or or safety that are not premier positions in the NFL. I have a hard time believing he's going to go in the third round as much as you might like his tape. It's just too hard to project everything for Marte Mapu. And uh, I would love it if 49ers drafted him in round five. I do feel like though it's a little high in round three, but I like the way he plays. He plays like a small linebacker. I think you stick him at linebacker from day one in the NFL, just like, uh, 
just like Fred Warner was. He could probably help you out as a rookie on special teams and, you know, much like Demetrius Flanagan Foles and then work your way into the lineup there. And uh, I do like Marte Mapu. Third round, uh, a little much for me, but a really active athletic linebacker can cover tight ends, do all the things you would want a uh, an outside linebacker to do in today's modern NFL. When I think of Sac State's defense, and I, and I watched them especially down the stretch because they were really good, one of the top schools in the nation. Matter of fact, I always wondered, like, why isn't Sac State just better? But finally they're better than now their coach left to Stanford. So we'll see if they start to kind of go backwards again. But he was part of a defense that led up like 60 points in that playoff game. I think it might have been like the semifinals. And I, no, I'm not going to put all that on him. I don't know how much he had to contribute to that, but. That ain't too good. I, I do want to dive into him as a prospect because I hear a lot about him. I have kids that I train that are at, currently at Sac State that I can call and ask kind of, you know, a little bit more on the personal side, off the record. Hey, man, like, how is he? You know, how does his work at it? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, how was he on the field? You know, how, what kind of tenacity did he bring? I will say this. A lot of those guys that are more like Polynesian, they all kind of carry themselves a very similar way. And if he's like anything like any of the Polynesian guys that I played with, then he's probably not a guy you have anything to worry about. <laughs> Cameron Latou, we've talked about previously on the podcast, tight end out of Alabama, sort of an undersized, a detached tight end, uh, but a nice fit, I think, in the fifth round for the 49ers. I think that's right about the right spot for him. Croc, do you re recall the tape for Cameron Latou? Yeah, legit. Pass Let's catching tight end. He was very fluid, but like you said, a little bit more undersized. And that's the one thing I worry about with the San Francisco 49ers. How much physicality are they going to ask out of a guy who wasn't asked to really do a whole lot of that at Alabama? But I did think he was uh, well-rounded. Just, you know, just being a legit hand in the dirt. Okay, I'm going to drive this guy five yards off the ball. And again, I, I think sometimes with some of these things, you can be spoiled by a player that you watch. And maybe, like, you shouldn't have the standard as George Kittle. A tight end. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's kind of unfair comparing Mapu to, to Fred Warner, too. Right. It, it, the, the unfortunate thing is the the way that the 49ers have built their team. And there are a lot of people that talk about physicality, but the 49ers not only talk about being physical. Matter of fact, they don't even talk about it. Everybody just knows. Like when you play the 49ers, this is what they're going to bring. And to live up that standard, you have to continue to find guys that, that that's the way that they're wired. And it's tough, you know, when you see a receiver who is a little bit more, a little bit more fin finesse on that side of things. Like, how, how does he fit in with the culture of the 49ers? But, again, we're, we're talking about late picks where, especially at this point, with where the 49ers are with their roster building, how much of these guys do you expect to just make the team, right? We're, we're, we're not talking about a, you know, third-round tight end who is like, okay, we're drafting this guy. He's, you know, 90% making this team, 90% yeah, sure. future starter. Right. When you start getting late like this, you you it's you might as well be an undrafted free agent where maybe you make it, maybe you're not. And there's really a 50 50 chance and actually leaning more towards uh, not making it. Yeah. And 49ers have had that in recent years, guys, that they drafted and, and didn't make the roster. You know, they had a third round running back, didn't make the roster in the second year. Last year was Tariq Castro Field, six round pick, didn't make the roster. Um, so. Uh, and it's like, do the 49ers want the closest thing they can get to what they already have, or do they want something very different? You know, do they want a more detached tight end? Do they want a guy that can play a little H back? Do they want a guy who's a better blocker and they're not worried about how good of a receiver he is? So uh, those are questions I think we'll find out on draft day. Demario Davis out of Liberty wide receiver that is small, but very fast. He is five, 879 pounds, four, four, 
speed, uh, really quick. I don't know if he's a Kyle Shanahan type, and they already drafted some speed last year, but uh, Demario Douglas is fun to watch. He was uh, he made a lot of big plays last year with Malik Willis as his quarterback. He was a thousand yard, I think he's twelve hundred yard receiver. I think is the number one guy there for Malik Willis last year. Uh, looking at the rest of this mock draft here, a couple more names: Chad Ryland, Maryland kicker. Uh, <laughs> we see a lot of mock drafts for the 49ers that have Jake Moody out of Michigan at kicker. So we got another kicker in this one. It's uh, Chad Ryland out of Maryland. I know he's hit uh, some some field goals longer than 50 yards, and he's he can handle kickoff duty. So he's got a decent leg. That's all I know, and I'm definitely not diving into the tape on kickers, Croc. I don't think you are either. Stills, uh, Dante Stills, defensive tackle from West Virginia, smaller tackle, kind of a, a carry hybrid type or carry hider type hybrid end tackle. He's only 285 pound defensive tackle. Um, he yeah. is six yeah. three, two eighty five. He doesn't look like he has the juice to play in the end. I don't know if he's going to hold up inside. He's kind of active, but he doesn't wow me with his athleticism even at two eighty five. Some people really like Dante Stills. I watched him. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, try hard guy. We'll see what he can do in the NFL, but. Um, he didn't blow me away. And uh, a few more picks here. Warren McClendon, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Ty Okada, safety from Montana State. Arquan Bush, corner from Cincinnati. And Justin Shorter, a wide receiver from Florida. So a couple wide receivers late. A little bit of everything. When you got that many picks, there's there's so many. In, in I, I didn't dive deep into them. But um, interesting draft there. Seventh rounder from, from Dane Brugler. And the thing I've learned here with the 49ers is I don't know what to expect on draft day because on paper, Croc, when you look at the 49ers draft, all these picks talk about not everybody making the team. We said that last year and it was a perfect opportunity, I thought, for them to move up and they didn't end up drafting running backs. I'm seeing bringing in, I see him bringing in Zach Charbonnet for a 30 visit. They brought in Rashawn Johnson, Bijan Robinson's backup for a 30 visit. They've been met, meeting with running backs. Are they going to do it again? Instead of trading up to go get one of these positions they need, they're going to draft another third round running back crock. I might be done with them after that. <laughs> Cause they didn't trade last year. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity to, we'll see if they do this year. Yeah. Thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers. Your first listen every single day here on the locked on podcast network and make sure you are subscribed up to Peacock and Williamson, both the video and audio versions of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is live. So check that out on the Peacock and Williamson channel. Croc and I will talk to you next time right here, Locked On 49ers.